0: We've already mentioned several times kind of what's going on in the world, but to be a little more specific, um, we were, as people, um, riveted um, to our cores this week over uh, what happened to George Floyd. Um, Apparently, as I understand the story, and some of you probably have watched more of the news than I have, so you probably know more than I do. But as I understand the story, um, this man uh, went into place and was trying to cash a $20 check, and it was suspected of being a bad check, and so the police were called. And because of that, um, he was then put into handcuffs. Um, there's no signs that he resisted arrest or anything, but ultimately he was forced to the ground with three police officers on top of him, one of them heavily pressing his knee down on his neck um, while he was saying, I cannot breathe, and crying out for his life to the point that his life was taken from him. And all of this happened on video, and it rocks us to our core to see that happen. To somebody who is made in the image of God, to see their life just taken like that. And so in response to that, people have been outraged, as we should expect. There have been protests all over the U.S. Those protests have turned into riots in most major cities in the States, uh, where we see countless footage of conflict between rioters and police, or the complete withdrawal of police to where riders are just running rampant things are burning looting is happening people are stealing and it's easy for us here in Canada to sit back and say man look how messed up the US is and then we look around our own province and we hear accounts of in Vancouver multiple accounts of racially charged violence against the Asian community. Uh, We hear multiple accounts throughout our province of uh, conflict and provocation against uh, people because they have Alberta plates and they're here legally, and probably most of them have very legitimate reasons to be here. So we see all of this happening in our world and there's really only one way to describe it the way that i see it and that is that it's evil there's just evil in our world it's a problem we don't like to acknowledge it we want to act like it's not there but the fact is is that it is there and it lives inside of us as human beings and so we need an answer to that evil We need an answer to that problem. And the answer is Jesus. And some of you might uh, think, oh, Wayne, you just, you tell the same story all the time. Like every sermon, you tell this story about Jesus dying on a cross and every sermon, like it, it goes to that. Yes, because he's the answer. And that's what we need to be reminded of over and over and over again. I want to invite Mark uh, to come up. He's one of our, our elders. Um, he was here playing this morning. And I'm going to have him read our scripture for today. We're in Hebrews chapter 10. And he's going to read it. It's a little bit longer passage, but it's verses 1 to 18. Uh, but before he reads that, I want to give you the main point of the sermon today. And so with this main point, Keep this in mind as he's reading and try to see where it's coming from in the Scripture. The main point is this. Jesus' one-time sacrifice has perfected his followers for all time. That's our main point today. Jesus' one-time sacrifice has perfected his followers for all time. Okay, Mark, uh, come and read uh, the passage for us.
1: Good morning, Potter's House. Great to be here. I haven't been here for like two months or something. And uh, so my first day back, Pastor Wayne assigns me 18 verses to read. Uh, Yeah. So bear with me. Give me some grace because i got to read it off the back wall. But uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for joining in. Hi, everybody at home. Hi, Ken Yalitz. I know you're there. Okay, so let's read together. Grab your Bibles. And uh, let's start. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that we will have been sacrificed to the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering of sin or for sin. Thanks.
0: Thanks Mark. So that's our passage for today. Um, That's what we're going to be unpacking um, as we look at this. As I said, the main point I want us to pull out of that is the fact that Jesus' one-time sacrifice has perfected his followers for all time. Uh, the beginning of of it, um, the first part there, uh, really was going into unpacking a lot of what we've already talked about. As we've said, Hebrews is a sermon, and uh, in this sermon, he keeps repeating himself. Um, why would a, a preacher do that? Um, well, we tend to repeat ourselves um, because you don't get it the first time, um, and so we say it again. Um, and so that's what the author of Hebrews is doing. He keeps repeating himself. Um, So that hopefully his hearers uh, will understand and get this truth um, of the fact of the insufficiency of the Old Testament system. The insufficiency of the Old Testament sacrificial system in order to deal with the ultimate problem. What's the problem? It's this problem of evil that we're talking about. Because you see, the Old Testament system... If I can, if I can take a little liberty and uh, make a little application beyond what he's saying here, um, the Old Testament system is basically like every other world religion, and that it's, hey, you've got to do good to balance out the evil. Um, you'll see this a lot on social media right now, uh, just to, to choose good, um, or to, to be good, or to be the good, um, or this, that, or the other. Um, and basically, that's the way our human minds work, is that, yes, evil is a problem, and so therefore the remedy for it is counterbalancing evil. But when it comes to things with God who is the ultimate judge and the ultimate righteous one who will be the perfect righteous judge and everything that is evil that is happening in the world right now he will judge every single act God will make it right he will judge it he will hold people accountable for these actions and so when it comes to him what this is telling us is hey it doesn't matter Like, if you go and commit acts of violence against someone based on their race, then going and making a sacrifice of a goat isn't going to counterbalance that. It doesn't remove what you have done, because even that sacrifice was insufficient. And you say, well, well, then why did God command it? Well, throughout the Old Testament, God repeatedly kept saying, this isn't what I'll really desire. What I really desire is for you to be holy. I really desire for you to, to to move away from this evilness, to get rid of that, and to be with me, to be one with me. But what this is showing you, what this is showing you is that what you are doing, the evilness that is within you, requires Death. And that's what the Old Testament system showed us. But it also showed us that it was insufficient to be able to take care of it. Because just like every world religion, it spelled it things D O. Do this. Do this. Don't do this. Do this. But with Jesus. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, the once-and-forever-for-all-time sacrifice, and in Jesus, everything is spelled D-O-N-E. It is done. Through Jesus, our evil can be taken away. Through Jesus, our evil is gone. Through Jesus, we are made right with God. We are completely forgiven and restored. And so our our first uh, point under our main point today is the fact that any system for dealing with evil besides Jesus doesn't work. Any system for dealing with evil besides Jesus ultimately falls short. It ultimately won't work. But with Jesus, it does work. He does take care of evil. He does take that away. He changes us. And that's what what the author starts to go into here, where he he mentions several times here. Um, I'll go to verse 10, where he says this, And by this, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Sanctified. What does that mean? To be sanctified means to be made perfect like Jesus. You see, it wasn't that Jesus just had to choose the good over the evil. No, Jesus defeated the evil. He defeated it. He took care of it. It is gone. And the the price that he paid and what he did on the cross made it so that he can do that in us as well. Where he can take away the evil. Where he can ultimately deal with it. And he goes on, and every priest stands daily at his has at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. See, the old one, it didn't work. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. We've kind of already covered this before. Once again, he's repeating himself here to really drive that point home. But then he says this, For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. What does that mean? That if you belong to Jesus, if you are his, then your ultimate destination is with him for all time. And in that, you are perfected. What does that mean? That means all of the evil is gone. There's no longer any of that. It's all stripped away. One theme that we have seen throughout Hebrews and is really kind of the tagline for the whole book is the fact that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. But I want to add to that today for this second point, the fact that Jesus is better and he makes us better for all of eternity. Jesus is better and he makes us better. You see, the, this, sancti- this sanctification that he's talking about here is something that God does in us where we start changing. When we come to faith in Christ, then, then our lives just honestly start changing. Things that might have been natural to us before, we now are kind of disgusted by. Um, this is one of my great encouragements as a pastor when I get to see this happening in your life. Uh, when I I know you guys and and I see you come to faith in Jesus, and then you tell me things like you know Wayne, I used to really be drawn to this, and I really used to love doing this, and like that was my life, and now it has no appeal to me whatsoever. That's gone. I, I don't even want to do that. Or maybe it's not completely gone, but you're you're like you know I. I don't want that anymore. I struggle with it. It's a battle. It's a struggle. It's something that I, I fight through, but I don't want that anymore. It, it was so ingrained in me, but now that I have Jesus, I realize that that is not what life is about, and I don't want that. Because you see, for the Christian, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, G- people say all oh, this about Jesus is the answer, and blah, blah, blah. Well, why are, are so many that claim to be Christians involved in this evil? Well, for one, just because someone claims to be a Christian doesn't mean that they legitimately know Christ and are being changed uh, by the power of His Spirit. Okay? So just because someone says that, says they're a Christian, doesn't mean that this has really happened in their life. So that's one option. Um, the second thing is this. Even when we do give our lives to Jesus, it isn't that all of a sudden we're perfected completely. I kind of wish it happened that way. It would be a lot easier. Um, But it's not. We're still human. We still have our sin nature. We still have that evilness inside of us that he's dealing with, that he's chipping away at. And the process is, is that over time, slowly and slowly, he chips that away, and he makes us more and more and more and more like him. And that's what we see next here is how he does that. We already covered before the, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. But that's that, that fact that God chooses purposely for when we are in Jesus, the injustice and the, the evil that we have done, He looks at that and He puts that on Jesus. And so He righteously judges all of that wrongdoing by punishing Jesus on the cross. And he takes that, he takes that guilt off of us, and he puts it on Jesus. And it's not that he cognitively cannot remember what happened. But it's that he says purposely, I choose to not look at you in light of that. I I don't, when I look at you, I do not remember you in light of that evil that you have done. I've stripped that away. I've taken that away. And he does that because Jesus did die on that cross. He laid down his life, paying the punishment for sin. And he did that for us, even though he was perfect. He never did a single evil thing. And because of that, we're able to be restored to God. Because of that, he is the perfect sacrifice, which is great, great news. But for our third and final point, I'm going to go back up there um, to verse 15 where it's said, and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. You see, this points to how Jesus does this. Jesus does this work in us of making us more like him by the power of his Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit ensures and carries out the work of making us better. And so, Christian, I encourage you today to submit to the Holy Spirit. Submit to his power. Submit to his work in your life. Maybe there's something in your life that he's convicting you of right now, of telling you, hey, yeah, this part right here, that's still evilness. That needs to go, and you need to become more like Jesus in this area. Listen to him. Submit to him. Let him work in you. Let him bring uh, just healing and growth in that area of your life. For the non-Christian, for somebody who hasn't placed their faith in Jesus yet, I want to encourage you that maybe right now the Holy Spirit's telling you that, hey, you need to come to Jesus. This thing that Wayne's talking about is real. You have a problem with the evil. It needs to be dealt with, and Jesus is the only way. Maybe the Holy Spirit is weighing on you right now with that truth. The fact that you need this in your life, that you need the rescue, that you need the forgiveness. Because you see, back to our main point, it's this, is that Jesus' one-time sacrifice has perfected his followers for all time. So are you one of his followers? I hope so. If we can go back and talk about George Floyd a little bit more, we've seen the end of his life, but I've been encouraged to read some articles about his life before that. Um, He was a man who grew up in uh, a poverty-stricken, really rough part of Texas, um, that he grew up in what most would call the projects. And in that setting, he was a man of peace. He was a man um, who tried to encourage others, tried to build others up. Um, And from what I've read the indications are is that he was a man who knew Jesus. There's reports of him that um, as uh, in his projects, they were doing some kind of revival type meetings where the gospel was being preached and people remember him. He's a very large man. They remember him uh, coming down the street, carrying the baptistry um, because he was certain that people were going to be saved and they needed to be baptized. And so as we think of George Floyd, I would hope we can maybe remember him for things like that instead of the way his life was tragically ended, but also can offer you this: that if that's true, and he knew Jesus, then he is so much better off now. He is perfect. For all time, and he is surrounded by others who are perfect for all time. All evil is gone from his life. He no longer has to face racism, he no longer has to face injustice, he no longer has to face any of the evil that this world has to offer. He is with Jesus, and he has been made perfect for all time. And in that, we can rejoice we are greatly saddened and greatly disheartened by the way that he got there. But we can rejoice in the fact that Jesus has him now. And that he is okay, that he is with the Lord. Let us pray that through the testimony of this brother in Christ, many more will come to faith. I pray that that his message about Jesus and who Jesus is and what Jesus did in his life will sound out louder than the message of how he died. I pray that those who are protesting right now will be exposed to the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. I'm not saying that, that if we know Jesus, we shouldn't protest. We probably should. When we see evil when we see injustice like this, we should speak up. But We shouldn't let evil breed more evil. And so, it is a heavy subject. It is a heavy thing. But this is real. This is real life. And this is the world we live in. And so I encourage you today with the fact that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is better. And he's making those of us that are his better for all of time. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you saw us in our evilness. You saw us in our corruption. You saw us in uh, our sin. And you made a way for us to be made right with you. But beyond that, you made a way for us to be made perfect. A way where you're stripping away this evilness in us, where you're stripping away all of these negative things. And you're securing us in Christ for all of eternity. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, bring hope into our world again. Remind people of the hope that can be found in Jesus. Lord, bring peace, bring protection, but bring justice, Lord. Bring justice not just in the end. We know that you will judge everything in the end and bring justice in the end. But, Lord, bring justice here on earth for the wrongdoings, for the evil. Put an end to these things, Lord. Lord, I lift all of this up in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen.